0: hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. I think this is episode number 28 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Honestly, I don't even know for sure because I forgot to look, and that's okay because it's my podcast, and quite honestly, uh, I believe I can do what I want. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We have a lot to talk about. Number one, first and foremost, um, the coronavirus. It's dominating talk across the United States. We're going to talk about that. It has now started to creep its way into sports and really uh, into our daily life and the culture and the things that we do uh, as Americans and not only as Americans, but really as human beings across the world. We are going to be joined by Dr. Sayed Tabatabai, a certified nephrologist and a uh, board-certified medical doctor, nephrologist from San Antonio, Texas, who's going to talk to us about the coronavirus, uh, what it is, what's next, and and all the things basically that you need to know um, on, a, on a basic level about those things. We're going to talk about that with him coming up in just a couple of minutes. Um, while I have you here, if you don't already, follow me on social media, which is basically just Twitter and Instagram, You can follow me there at Audie Elmore, A-U-T-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. You can also check out the YouTube channel uh, where things will be coming fast and heavy, hot and heavy in the next couple of months, hopefully, Um, probably the next six months, more than the next couple of months. But um, you can check that out at YouTube.com slash Audie Elmore as well. So the layout of the show, mostly it's going to be the interview with Dr. Tabatabai, um, we're not going to talk much other than that. We will touch on sports briefly because um, obviously this is a sports podcast, um, but it is kind of that down period. The NFL has not had much movement, but we'll talk about sports headlines in just a second. Uh, Major League Baseball is still in their spring training, and uh, they are kind of starting to reach the the point in spring training where players play a little bit longer and, and players really start to uh, stretch themselves out and prepare for opening day. Um, opening day in some places some people are fearful that is in jeopardy because of the corona co- co- coronavirus um, as of now and today the Cincinnati Reds released a statement saying that none of their opening day festivities uh, will be canceled and they will go on as planned as of now and opening day is still a couple of weeks away as you are listening to this so we will see if anything changes there. Um, there are talks about The NCAA tournament being played without fans. I don't know that that's going to happen. I do think that the amount of fans that that are allowed into uh, stadiums and, and arenas and so on and so forth will be limited. And I think that'll probably be how they end up addressing it. But by the time things roll around at the end of April, start of March, or excuse me, the end of March, start of April with the national championship in the final four, I just don't know that I, unless things get really, really bad, I don't know that I can see them really limiting only to essential personnel at the Final Four uh, in Atlanta. So we'll talk about that. Actually, we won't talk about that at all. That's probably all I'm going to talk about it. Uh, We'll talk about that probably moving forward in another podcast. Um, Yeah, but uh, let's take a look while we are here at the sports headlines, continuing with the theme of the coronavirus. The Ivy League has canceled its men's and women's conference basketball tournaments amid the coronavirus outbreak. The Yale men and Harvard women. excuse me, the Yale men and Princeton women will receive automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. So the tournament's not played at all. Those two teams were the regular season champions. They get the automatic bid to the tournament, no tournament being, or to the NCAA tournament, no conference tournament being played at all. Speaking of the NCAA tournament and a conference tournament and a conference tournament championship, The Northern Kentucky Norse have just won the Horizon League Tournament Championship with a 71-62 win over the University of Illinois Chicago UIC, as they're known to some, on Tuesday night, receiving an automatic bid for the NCAA Tournament, the school's third NCAA appearance, in only five years of eligibility. Can you say championship culture? How about Darren Horn stepping in after John Brandon? Those are big shoes to fill. John Brandon goes across the Ohio River to the University of Cincinnati. Darren Horn comes in fills those shoes and takes the Norse to the NCAA tournament and the Bearcats might not make it. The Xavier Musketeers might not make it. There might only be two local area teams, three local area teams that make the NCAA tournament and they're all three going to be in Kentucky. How about that? You can go up the up north and say Ohio State. We'll take them two, maybe make it four. Cincinnati and Xavier might not make the tournament. That'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Baltimore Ravens guard Yar, Marshall I almost called him Yarshall Monda Let me restart that. Baltimore Ravens guard Marshall Yonda is announcing his retirement after 13 seasons in the NFL. The 35-year-old Yonda was an eight-time Pro Bowl selection and a Super Bowl champion, one of only three guards in NFL history to uh, make it to eight Pro Bowls and win a Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys have rebooted contract negotiations with quarterback Dak Prescott on a contract extension. The team, I just repeated myself, the team wants to resign Prescott before Monday's deadline, which would then force them, if they don't get that done, to use the franchise tag on Dak Prescott. Speaking of that franchise tag, that franchise tag deadline was moved back to Monday, March 16th at 11.59 a.m. If you're going to tag a player, it has to be by then. This basically is all in uh, in light of, first of all, Teams trying to get deals done with star players, number one. Number two, the collective bargaining agreement that seems to be a hot button and, and major issue in the NFL right now. Players can't seem to agree on it. Owners can't seem to to do anything right with this entire situation, so it's getting kind of sticky there. And uh, so the the deadline has been moved back for the second time, hopefully just trying to get everyone in before this CBA is officially approved and so on and so forth. If you're not following what's going on, basically, is this is what happens every year. The collective bargaining agreements, the, the owners against the NFL Players Association, what's going on this year is the NFL Players Association does not want to play more than 16 games. The NFL owners want to go to eventually 18 games played. They have said that a 17-game schedule this upcoming season is non-negotiable for them. So the Players Association eventually did agree to that, Uh, And then when you look at it financially, what this does is basically it's a great deal for the average NFL player to below average NFL player. And it's a really bad deal for the elite and high level NFL players. So the owner's goal in this essentially was to turn the players against one another and then eventually get them to uh, give in on an 18 game schedule. And there's a lot more to it than just that. And we'll talk about that hopefully soon on another podcast when we can kind of, when there's just, not more other pressing issues to talk about. And and hopefully by the time uh, you're listening to episode 29 of this podcast, that will all have been resolved and there will, or maybe not resolved, but we will have an answer to what's going on uh, in that regard. So without further ado, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, like I said, there's not much to talk about. I know people are going to yell at me. What about college basketball? Well, well we're going to have selection Sunday and conference tournaments and all that. And then we'll be able to talk a little uh, about it a little bit more. Um, but until then, I mean, it's Tuesday night and, and I really don't know what's going to happen and no one really does. There's only a handful of teams that have, that have, uh, punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. And, uh, once we find out where those teams are going to play and and who all wins what tournament, the North Carolina Tar Heels won on Tuesday night, they, uh, they might mess around and make some noise, just watch out for them. Uh, so they might mess around and, and make some noise. And then of course, um, uh, just everything that happens on Selection Sunday is one of the greatest and, and best days of the sports year. Okay, so without further ado, he is uh, he is ready to join us. I am ready to throw to this interview. I was about to introduce it again, but I already introduced it. Was, I recorded this before I recorded this. Are you are you are you keeping up with me here? So, doctors, <laughs> let's just get to the doc. Okay, listen. We welcome into the Ball Don't Lie podcast now a man that I have known for several years, dating back to, gosh, I don't even know how long ago it's been. I met him on PlayStation Network playing video games with my friends. Come to find out, he's a very intelligent man. He's very smart. He's a board-certified medical doctor, a nephrologist out of San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Ball Don't Lie podcast, Dr. Sayed. Syed. Toba Tabai, did I say it right that time? Did I say it right? Oh, you were so
1: close. Oh, you what? A- so Taba Tabai. <laughs> Taba Tabai. You. Taba
0: Taba. Doctor Sayed. Taba Tabai from San Antonio, Texas. Doctor, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great, audience It's a pleasure to be here. I gotta say, I listen to your podcast and. Um you've got a unique blend of insight and humor and and it's pretty great. I love it. So it's it's so cool for me to be here.
0: Well, the reason I wanted you on this podcast is because you are also a unique blend of insight and humor. <laughs> and the 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 story that is dominating the United States right now is that of COVID-19, the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. And people are starting to freak out. People in the sports world, people in everyday life, people in the medical profession, you know about this sort of thing a little bit better than most people. So I I guess for those that don't understand or have not completely read up about it, what would you say, could could you give a basic explanation of what coronavirus is, COVID-19 is?
1: Sure, sure. And, uh, um, I'll say up front. I'll just preface this. You know, I'm not. I'm not an expert in infectious disease or, uh, you know, uh, pulmonary disease or viruses or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, um, just in terms of some basic terminology, because actually it's kind of confusing. So the disease caused by the virus is technically what we call COVID-19. Um, the virus itself, um, actually, its official name is SARS-CoV-2, which is just another fancy way of saying coronavirus. It's <laughs> not
0: as fun as Corona.
1: It's not as fun as Corona, no. And and where it gets a little confusing is coronaviruses are actually a whole family of viruses, and they've been around for a long time. And mm. they cause mostly they cause the common cold. So um, this is kind of a, a novel version of the coronavirus, a new strain that we haven't seen before. And uh, it started, as far as we can pinpoint, in, in the Wuhan province in China, and it spread very rapidly. And and that a lot of the concerns coming from that is a it's a new pathogen. Um, and uh, B, we're seeing kind of some alarming uh, numbers, and uh, we, we can talk a little bit more about that as we go, but uh, that's the bottom line is it's it's a new viral strain that's causing uh, respiratory infections, and um, um, we still are understanding there's still a lot of gaps there, and I think that's where a lot of the fear is coming from.
0: So you said the coronavirus is a family of these. This has already been known, but we just haven't reached this, this particular strand, I guess, uh, yet. So is that why people have been saying that if you look on the back of a Lysol can, you'll see coronavirus? Is that why people have yeah. been saying that? Okay. All right. That, <laughs> so, yeah. um, that was a question that just came into my head because I was like, well, how does, you know, but that makes so much more sense now. Now, you said it, it's spreading rapidly, and obviously the, the Chinese people have have yet to really give us a patient zero or a really understanding of how this happened. But it is spreading quickly, not only in China, but across the world what is it about this that you understand or what, what you know that is making that that is causing it to to spread as quickly as it is
1: so um, you know is it's, it's, uh, as far as we know there are over a hundred thousand cases worldwide um, at this point and that's likely an underestimate because of how little testing is going on and you know the issues with the test and so we're probably missing a lot of people either a um, aren't getting tested or B, have a milder mm-hmm. form of the disease and they never really present. But uh, in terms of to answer your question, um, it's kind of like the flu, it's it spread through, uh, as far as we know at this point, primarily droplet uh, uh, spread, so if someone were to sneeze or cough or, uh, you know, while they're spit while they're talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, little droplets of uh, um, saliva, you know, with the, with the, uh, or secretions with the virus in it. Typically, they can go out about six feet from the infected person. Wow. Um, there is a possibility that it may, and, and, you know, again, this is unknown, but there is a possibility that some stuff may linger in the air a little longer. And there's also the potential of, of transmission if uh, someone coughs into a surface, and that infected surface, and you put your hands on it, and you bring your hands up to your face. Um, or your nose or your eyes or mouth or whatever. Um, so uh, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty quick way to uh, transmit a virus if one person coughs in a crowded, you know, in a crowded room or a crowded station or something like that. So you can see how this thing, especially in the era of jet travel, right, where, uh, you know, everyone's traveling all over the world, um, can spread rapidly.
0: Now, I'm glad that you mentioned the flu there because that has been a, a – a way that that some people have have tried to downplay this disease and and by comparing it to the flu is that a fair comparison or are they are they apples and oranges or how do you how do you describe the narrative that it's not as bad as the flu is
1: well um it, it's the comparison to the flu in my mind is accurate in the sense that it's as far as we know it's a droplet transmission mm-hmm. um of the disease, but at this point, even though we're you know again the data has gaps in it, right. coronavirus seems to be a lot more um, uh, uh, lethal than the flu. Uh, the The flu has a quoted uh, uh, fatality rate of about 0.1% historically, and um, right now, as we're getting more and more data on coronavirus. Um, the overall case fatality rate they saw in China was 2.3%, wow. um, although that was, uh, there was a range of 0.7% outside of Wuhan, all the way up to 5.8% in Wuhan. So, uh, you know, and, and so other places are reporting 0.4% or less. But all these fatality rates are significantly higher than the flu. Uh, coronavirus seems to go for um, the lower lungs and, you know, cause a, can cause a pretty severe pneumonia. And uh, while flu can also do that, it just seems to be a much more um, aggressive uh, form of the illness at this point. So, so I just want to mention one other thing, though, Adi. The the comparison to the flu, the point that that's missing is that uh, it's not one or the other. It's right. additive. And so the flu causes a huge strain on our healthcare system every year. If you have, if you were to have another flu on top of that, you know, you can kind of see where this is going.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. So the the flu obviously affects most people and and can can put any any normal person on their back. who is the most at risk for coronavirus because we've seen that it's typically people with lower immune systems, people that are older who exactly is at risk the most for coronavirus
1: um, well, again, we're still getting um, we're still getting data in on, on um, uh, you know all the all the details, but it seems to be um, uh, mostly people uh, who are uh, older. Uh, older age is associated with increased mortality, um, and uh, people who have uh, you know immune immunosuppression. Um, the data coming out of China, uh, when they, in terms of the confirmed infections, eighty-seven percent of the infections were. Um, in patients between 30 to 79 years old Hmm. um so you know it's it tends to be more askew a little older but anyone can get it the interesting thing about corona is uh children seem to be relatively protected and we're not sure why um Hmm. the chinese did only two percent of infections were in uh were in children and they tend to get milder forms of the illness so um, perhaps the key to treating this may lie in that in that weird um, or interesting observation I wow.
0: should say yeah no that is that is really interesting so mm-hmm. now that it has spread across the world and and continually countries are are reacting to it and it's it's coming down in the United States now uh, off the top of my head I don't even know the number of cases at the last check but there are. People are reacting in ways. One thing that is starting to happen is, you know, for example, the Ivy League canceled their conference basketball tournament. Um, Schools like the Ohio State University have canceled their in-person classes and they're doing strictly online and virtual classes until March 30th. Some some have gone even, even further than that, not only in Ohio but across the country. So my question would be, does the panic level that we are seeing in the United States and I guess in a general sense around the world does the panic level meet the actual threat level of coronavirus?
1: Um I think it well here's <laughs> you have to be careful because I I don't think panic ever really helps mm-hmm. uh, you know a, any situation. Um I think the concern the level Concern I, level
0: would I, be I a better that, way to put it yeah. for sure. <laughs>
1: I think the panic level should always be low, <laughs> um, but I think the concern level—you um, know—honestly, if anything, I think we're in, in general. Now, this is just a general, just me, my, my, just thought is we're not as concerned as we should be um, because the really? key thing here is going to be slowing down the spread. There's still concerts and you know big sporting events, and people are still—you um, know—I uh, I think. The lessons that we're learning from the rest of the world, you look at Italy and that whole country shut down, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at the way the Chinese are, are, are screening. You look at how many people are getting tested every day in Korea. I, I think from, from from a concern standpoint, I think we've been sort of way behind the eight ball, and, and there are a lot of different factors for that. I think all the things you mentioned now are good. They're excellent. Mm-hmm. I think they should shouldn't be just one university here or there. I think we really need to make kind of sleeping moods across the country to do what experts call social distancing, you know, to get out of these mass situations where uh, things can spread really quickly. Um, but uh, I think uh, people are getting more concerned. I think we'll see more and more of that happening.
0: Talking with the board-certified medical doctor, nephrologist, and kidney specialist from San Antonio, Texas, Dr. Sayed Syed Toba-tabai. Tabatabai. I got it right that time. I think on the second it. time, Tavita you can follow him on on Twitter at the real Doctor T, who has uh, he's blown up in recent months on Twitter. Now over forty thousand Twitter followers. We'll get to that in a minute. Wrapping up, Doctor, this conversation on coronavirus. Where where do we go from here? What's what do you see as next in the next stage of of this? Uh, this uh, situation. I don't want to call it a pandemic. I don't want to say the panic, but what's next for COVID-19?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, there are a lot of very smart people, a lot of dedicated teams working on this. I think as we learn more about the illness, um, I think the focus is going to be on um, um, accurately screening and testing and um, uh, preventing the, uh, the spread of the disease. And hopefully we can get a vaccine and uh there are several treatments that are currently being evaluated, so, um, you know, the hope is that we can get a handle on it um, before, uh, you know, it gets kind of overwhelming. Uh, you know, the concern is that the system gets overwhelmed mm-hmm. because, you know, with flu season, hospitals are typically full, um, and then you introduce an influx of people with corona, and healthcare workers are getting sick, and, the, you know, the whole thing can get, um, um, of what's the word i'm looking for log um, right. and that's really the the danger there so you want to slow the spread as much as possible so um i think the future um is is, is things like vaccination and treatments but we're who knows how far away from that we are you know, at this point but now there have again, been. you know i'm not, I'm not an expert and, and there's uh-huh. there may be stuff in the pipeline already that i don't know about but um
0: there that's has, where we are there a lot of people have said that the virus or the vaccine is still a year or over a year away. Yeah, I don't really yeah. understand that because I don't know anything about medicine and how it works. Why does a vaccine take that long to to come to fruition?
1: Or, <laughs> or I don't know Sorry. if you
0: if you know that okay. either. I I just
1: yeah. I you know I don't know all the details, but uh, you know, uh, rolling out a vaccine is complicated because. Mm-hmm. Um, you want something obviously that's uh, effective. you also want something that's safe mm-hmm. and um, the concern is also you know there are mutations in the virus and so on and so forth but um you're right i don't I don't know enough about it to know exactly why the time frame would be particularly lengthy um, but uh, there are a lot of different factors that go into vaccination um So, you know, I think there's more than one thing at play.
0: Sure. Interesting. Now, I did mention just a moment ago, and we'll switch topics here to a a much more lighthearted situation, is your Twitter following. (laughs) You were just, uh, I would say, an average Joe, a normal guy who likes to and does so at a very high level, write stories on your Mm -hmm. Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. And one day you wrote a story and the Internet grabbed hold of it and it started getting tweeted and retweeted, and retweeted and retweeted and retweeted. And next thing you know, you're going viral. And now here we are four or five months later, you have 40,000 followers on Twitter. What does that what has that been like?
1: It's it's surreal. It's it's really surreal. Um, I'm very deeply grateful. Um, you know, it, it's it's exactly what you said. It started out, you know, my, I've had my Twitter account for a long time. Mm hmm um, several years and, um, I barely, you know, I barely used it at all. And then, um, one of our, uh, you know, actually my medical practice, uh, they recommended that I should get on social media and talk about kidneys and talk about, you know, drink more water and that kind of
0: stuff,
1: <laughs> which is, you know, really there's, <laughs> it's kind of boring and there right, wasn't, right. people weren't really paying attention, but yeah. I've always loved writing. Um, I've, I've kept a journal ever since I was young and, uh, I've, I've always written in some form or the other. And uh, Twitter is interesting because, it, you know, everyone thinks that it is these, these small, bite-sized tweets. Right. But I saw an opportunity in that where each tweet is almost like a, like a, it can be part of a link in a chain of a story. Sure. Each tweet can tell its own story, be part of a bigger story. So I started to play around with that. I think it resonated with people, and I think uh, I write about medicine, but I also write about uh, you know what it means to be human and uh and the people that you um,
0: come my, in contact with right over the course yeah of your exactly pro- yeah. exactly
1: my, my message tends to be positive and optimistic and i think i was at the right intersection mm-hmm. there's a lot of pessimism out there um twitter can be very toxic oh my
0: god it can be a very dark place
1: so yeah, i think my my positivity was refreshing for people and um you know i i have yet to write something a thread that's you know trashing somebody sure. or you know so, I well, not
0: I, I not think only is it positive and it fits well in a toxic Twitter environment, but it, it you're also damn good at it. You're a very talented <laughs> writer and I think people just simply enjoy that. Have you given any thought to writing a book?
1: Uh, yes, a lot. And When um, is
0: it going to be released?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, I think it's still probably at least a year away.
0: Okay. All right. Um, but
1: but we're working on it.
0: Do you have a title?
1: Um, I have a potential title. Okay. But uh, right. I we'll won't put, put you on the later. spot. We'll <laughs> I won't put you
0: on the spot then. Yeah. Dr. Sayed Tabatabai from San Antonio, Texas, a board certified nephrologist, kidney specialist from San Antonio, Texas. Thank you so much. Uh, for joining us, we will have you on another time. First of all, to talk about your book. Second of all, to talk about when you reach a hundred thousand Twitter followers. <laughs> and third of all, to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, whom which you oh are my a. God. You can are we a, talk
1: about the Ravens?
0: Do you want to talk about the Ravens? We can talk about the Ravens.
1: No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. we talk, talked. We talked enough. But,
0: okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hey, talk Yanda about the Ravens today. Marshall, Yanda Marshall, Yanda. Today, so that, yeah. That's the big news. That's good news for us in Cincinnati. Geno Atkins is sleeping like a baby tonight because Marshall Yonda is not going to be lining up across for him. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at the real Doctor T and uh you will not regret it. He every day, it seems like is posting something that makes you think, makes you feel, and uh can damn near move you to tears. So uh Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on the Baldon Live Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Adi. I appreciate you and your friendship.
0: That was pretty cool stuff right there. And uh, I am blown away by the amount of knowledge that that man has and uh, how he continues to, to change people's lives every day. And I'm serious, both uh, medically and professionally, and, and the way that he treats people and, and continues to help save their lives, but also the way that he makes people feel with his incredible talent on Twitter and uh, his incredible writing talent, I should say, not just Twitter. But uh, he really is cool. You can check him out, like I said, at The Real Dr. T on Twitter and uh, you will not regret doing so. So that wraps things up for this episode of the vault Live podcast. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, you can follow me on social media, which is basically just Twitter and Instagram and YouTube now too. Uh, at audio on all three of those youtube.com slash audio more a U T Y E L M O R E. Listen, pay close attention to the college basketball tournaments, conference tournaments you're about to watch over the next week or so because you will see time and time again over the course of these games and these tournaments, as we see every year, every day, every sport, ball don't lie. And that's why we do what we do here on this podcast. And I thank you so much for listening. And as always, have fun, be safe, go Bucks, And wash your hands.